Mr. Brandon, are you free? I'm free. I'm Brandon. And I'm Jeff. And this is That Does Suit Madam, a podcast about Are You Being Served? Hello, quarantine day 1,094. Hello, hello. Yes, we're all doing our best to um, enjoy our newfound free time, which is all the time. Um, And I'm so excited about this podcast because this is one of, like, everyone's favorite episodes. Uh, Season 2, Episode 2, Cold Comfort, which... Depending on where you are in the world, it may be cold where you live, maybe not. But it's a fantastic episode. This is going to be a really fun podcast. Yeah, it's going to be a fun podcast, but it's also going to be a little bit weird to talk about in an audio medium because so much of this episode relies on sight gags and props. So we'll just have to do our best to explain that. Luckily for for the viewers in podcast land, we're rather loquacious, so... We'll be able to explain it, hopefully. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Otherwise, we chose the wrong medium. We should have done, like, stick drawings and, like, Instagram. <laughs> a flip book or something? A on, flip book. On, uh, that's, TikTok? that's the next thing, yeah. We'll, we'll do TikToks where we reenact the episode in, like, 15-minute segments. Because uh, <laughs> why not? That's Someone's going to do it, right? Yeah, someone's got to do it. Why not us? Yeah, so I wanted to give a quick thanks to all the people who've left us voicemails at the 662 Peacock. Uh, that does suit Madam Hotline, uh, staffed 24-7 hours, 24-7, uh, seven days a week uh, out of our crew in northern Mississippi. So shout out to our northern Mississippi crew, and thanks for all the voicemails we've been getting. Uh, it's always great to hear from people with their questions. So uh, we might have to work on like a segment where we take questions in future podcasts and answer them, and so that would be fun. So thanks for And, and figure out that. how to play them live on the well, recorded yeah, podcast. Yeah, our, our technical team is working around the clock again with the uh, call center. Um, but that will come soon. So that's, that's thanks for reaching out, uh, everybody. So I also also wanted to mention, um, because I'm also the Facebook um, group admin guy for the podcast, uh, so if you're not found us on Facebook, go to That Does Suit Madam, which is pretty easy across the web to find us. Um, I've been joining lots of cool Are You Being Served Facebook groups, and um, there's like an LGBT one, and there's one that's got like 11,000 people in it. So I've been like... I feel like all of them are LGBT ones. Come on, let's <laughs> or like, be honest. Yeah, or like the allied, and we love the straight allies out there. So, um, But I've been getting lots of great comments, people saying, hey, like, oh my god, you guys are awesome, and... I uh, just wanted to say hey to all those folks who've been listening, and thanks for your comments. So it's it's good to have more people kind of join this little thing that we're doing. So hello to those folks as well. Absolutely. Right. So let's uh, – why don't we get started? Yeah. So um, picture it. London, March 21st, 1974. What was going on? <laughs> what was going on, Jeff? Take us back. Take us back. So culturally, a little bit of con- a cultural context, uh, this week was the final episode of Here's Lucy, which was kind of the end of the Lucy trilogy of shows. Was it a trilogy or was there more? There was I Love Lucy, The Lucy Show, Here's Lucy. 
uh, I think there was a fourth one somewhere in between. But anyway, that was the last of that iteration of um, Lucy uh, saga of shows. Oh, Lucy Ball. Was that, the, was that the show where she was like, she was talking so down like this because of all the parliament she was smoking every day? And it was just yeah. like, what are you doing on TV anymore, Lucille Ball? That was, yeah, that was what the deepest her voice had ever been. <laughs> I think Here's Lucy was the one where she was a divorcee. Ooh, very and, shocking, 1974. And um, Vivian Vance, who played Ethel in the original I Love Lucy, she was a widow and Aww. they were neighbors and friends. I okay. think that's how it was. Was it the same characters as the original show? And they've just... no, it, no, it wasn't. So, no, that's too bad. So, um, I love Lucy, the Lucy Show, and here's Lucy. They were all uh, different. No, I'm sorry, I take it back. So, the Lucy Show was the one where, with her and Vivian Vance being right. the neighbors like in Connecticut. Black and white classic show. Yeah. Here, well, no, no. Um, the Lucy Show was um, color because that was in the '60s. Um, Here's Lucy. Hold was, on a second. We're going to hear that, Mr. Frosty. Oh, you can hear the you can hear the ice cream man. Because if I can hear it, the recording is definitely going to hear it. All right. Well, you know they'll get a little bit of a treat of uh, it is approaching summertime here. Yeah. In so explain New to York the City people Metro. what what does that mean? <laughs> I was actually thinking maybe we should record over that, but like let's keep it. Let's let's teach the world about Mr. Frosty. What do you think? I think everyone knows what an ice cream truck is. Well, right? it's there's something very New York about New York or Jersey in summertime about the, about the Mr. The song. Jingle. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. So. Um, it's it's not turkey in the straw. What's the name of it? It's it's a nursery rhyme type. Song. Anybody know? Yeah. Everyone like shouting so, out the name of the song to their iPhone right now. Well, call us on the hotline and tell us what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the Mr. Anyway. Softy song? And like anyway, so in New York, like New York, New Jersey, like the New York City area, you the first time you hear the little ice cream truck song which they play in ad finitum it's sort of like oh i guess it's summertime so i guess it's summertime yeah. hooray happy summer. Be- between between dinner and sundown <laughs> it's all, all you hear basically anyway yeah so i love lucy was the original one in black and white with her and ricky right yeah yeah the lucy show was her and vivian vance as neighbors in connecticut but here's lucy was the one where she worked in a bank with the manager Oh, like he had a very like high, um, very recognizable voice. He was a character actor. Okay. He always he used to he always played like a very snooty, uh, maitre d of a restaurant. Oh, I think or, I know who that you know guy I mean? was. Like yeah. Ver- pe- yeah. Anyway, so March nineteen seventy four, the final episode of of that show aired, and then also the oil embargo ended, which ends up being very relevant to the, this week's plot. Yeah, it was a very appropriately timed episode, so it's very much of the time. So we'll kind of dive into the, all of that uh, in the podcast for the episode. Um, yeah, like I, I was, you know, I wasn't around in seventy four, but um, I remember. Neither was I. Come well, on. <laughs> shade. Um, uh, but I remember lots of stories about people freaking out, thinking like, "Oh my god, there's no more oil!" Like all of those giant ass cars with, with like iron <laughs> under carriage under frames or something like uh, that were just so heavy. If I've ever driven a car from like the early sixties or even early seventies, they were giant. And then all of a sudden they said, okay guys, we got to do something about this gas efficiency. Cause they're getting like 
eight miles a gallon or something crazy. <laughs> so that's when like the first Japanese cars came over and they were light and small because it's Japan. It's small. You can't have giant cars. And they were getting like 15 miles per gallon. And when there was no gasoline, that was a big deal. Yeah. In this episode, we it starts off, um, people are arriving uh, to the store and the heating's been turned off due to the fuel crisis. So what so does that mean? What, so in case people weren't, you know, of age in 74, what what was the fuel crisis? Let's let's go yeah. play uh, history professor for a little bit. So in October of 73, OPEC, which is the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, um, started an oil embargo against the United States and its allies. So OPEC uh, is ca- like Saudi Arabia, like what, Venezuela? Saudi Arabia, yeah, it's, it's a lot of oil-producing countries. Okay, Saudi like the Arabia, Middle East. Emirates, Venezuela, et cetera. Okay, all right. Um, and so um, what happened was um, pr- uh, just prior to that, well, sorry, in, in like the 40s and 50s or so, and so um, as cars began to um, – as the automobile industry began to explode mm. um, due to the highway system, uh, you know the United States was really focusing on its oil imports from Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, if you think about another TV show, that Beverly Hillbillies, they struck that <laughs> Texas T, right? Right. Um, but it soon became um, they didn't have enough supply to meet the demand, so they had to import oil from the Middle East. So to kind of like sum up what you just said, it sounds like. The Americans built, like, the interstate system, like Eisenhower, yep. lots of roads. And then they like were the looking out. suburbia, the whole thing. Yeah, deal. and they are like, yeah. everyone's, like, all the people are coming back from the war. We have all these houses, like, everywhere, and, like, they're all far away from the city center. So they said, oh, shit, we don't have enough oil in Texas and Oklahoma to power everyone's cars. So we have to start looking at buying it from other countries. And then 1973, 74... These countries were like, you're not getting any more. And everyone was like, well, shit. Right. And so at the height of the crisis, uh, the price of gas was 55.1 cents per gallon. And in today's money, that's about $2.88. Which in New York City sounds like a good deal. Very reasonable. I mean, I, I know that in the past 10 years or so, the price of gas was almost as high as Five dollars in California. Yeah, five dollars. I, I remember paying five five oh two. I think for once. Yeah. So you know, two eighty eight is is somewhat reasonable, especially right now. Um, you know, prices are well under two dollars, and if you've got like yeah. Rewards Club and this and that, you could easily pay a dollar seventy five a gallon in the New York City metro area, but, which hasn't been that way since I was in university. Yeah, but this kind of going back to the episode, you know, and we, we, we're really going dive, diving deep into this, which is great, um, which is kind of why I like the podcast, because we give ourselves time to kind of like paint the picture and why is it such a big deal. I mean, one thing, it's an opportunity for the writers of the show to have a lot of cool gags about like heating devices, but it's also to show like maybe back then, I mean, if, if you remember uh, in London, 1974 uh, in October, so it's just about to get um, cold. Um, well, it was actually premiered in March of 74, but anyway. Um, so, but it was filmed early, you know, a couple months earlier. Yeah. So wintertime, so, yeah. but you know, the people watching it live on the BBC, which is how they, you know, wrote everything and didn't think about 50 years later in the future, we'd be doing a podcast about it. They were like, you know, why would people freak out about this, this petroleum shortage thing? But 
you know, if you think about it, like that had never happened before. You know, they never really because right now, like we're of a generation where we're always talking about conservation and we have to do what we can. But back then, it was like do as much as you want. It's unlimited. Um, you don't have to think about it, right? No, that's not true, Brandon. Because what about World War Two? That was all about conversation, uh, uh, conservation. That there was a whole make do and mend campaign that lasted. No, you're right. The entire no, war. I was thinking after the war, like the after the the whole modernity. Yeah, like, and like the rebirth this whole, of Britain. Yeah, yeah, it's just like when you, when you look at buildings and stuff, like they designed buildings to be heated, mm-hmm. like every day, every day to the end of time. You know, like just the idea that like it'll never grow out, and then suddenly OPEC was like, "Well, it just did because we don't like what you did," and deal with it. So that's kind of like the London, you know, March nineteen seventy four world that we're entering in with this episode which is kind of weird because at one point they're going to like imagine going to like sears or macy's and it's freezing and they're like and eh, we just turn off the heat because there's and that, and that was normal yeah that's crazy that's insane but like if well, you also think about like britain they don't imagine have a lot going of... to a supermarket and having to wear a surgical mask on your face and <laughs> yeah. only be letting 20 people 20 at a time Oh, yeah. right. Anyway, so the um, the staff start to arrive, <laughs> and Rumble says it was a boardroom-level discussion, eyes up toward the ceiling, yeah. um, to make further cuts to the power supply than beyond what the government allows. So they're uh, turning off the central heating for one additional day per week, right? Hmm. Um, so the staff are all coming in. Peacock is wearing a balaclava. So he's got this thing on his head. That's like a ski mask that you'd think that like a robber would wear, but like with the entire face exposed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that keeps like his head and neck warm. Humphreys has this luxurious Fantastic. fur coat and a pastel um, t- fur tam o' shanter on his head. And what's a tam o' shanter? Um, it's so if you think about like a, a Scottish golf cap style almost. With oh, okay, with the beanie on, on the top, top or the little with puff? the puff on the top. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and one of the cleaners calls uh, Humphreys a sauce box, Ooh. and we talked about that word before, I think. Right? I don't Where remember what like it means. Saucy. Someone's being saucy and like lippy with their. Oh, you that's know. that's Mr. Humphreys. Yeah. I want to jump in to say um, he says one of these fabulous lines when he walks in, and of course, you know, it's the grand entrance of the characters. The the lift doors open, and they come down. They ascend the stairs, uh, they descend the stairs, and um, of course, he's wearing Mr. Humphreys is wearing this like. Kind of a, I mean, it's definitely a fur coat, but it's like patches of curtain. Is it rabbit? I, I was about to say it must be rabbit because like the, the fur is kind of little spot, spots everywhere. Um, but as Mr. As, uh, Captain Peacock walks in with the balaclava, like the, the ski mask on with his under his trilby hat, um, uh, Mr. Humphreys kind of gives the first little dig of the episode and he says, oh, my God, the masked crusade. No, no, what did he say? He says something like, the masked bandit, uh, uh, take my jewels, but leave my body alone. Which is like uh, him pretending to be like a damsel in distress. A damsel in distress, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I then Peacock, tur- Peacock turns around and he goes, I withdraw the offer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, when a lot yeah. of times when... Uh, I've I've thought about quoting that, but like it would make sense. But yeah, I just love Mr. Humphreys, as we all know. Well, I think take my jewels but leave my body alone. I think that's very generic. I think you can quote that, and anyone would understand 
what that means. I don't know if they'd get the reference to this specific episode. Well, I, but also, I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds places. like a, a lot of things in the show are quoting like from classic movies, black and white, because yep. it was 74. So like 54 was only, what, 20 years earlier. So I wonder if that's like a fabulous like quote from some cool like – Joan Crawford movie or something. I don't know. Film initio, film film aficionados, please call into the hotline and let us know. 662 Peacock. Yeah. Um, uh, Mrs. Slocum and Miss Brahms arrive one minute late. They get admonished from Captain Peacock on it, and Slocum gives the great excuse that she had to thaw her pussy before she came. Oh, Mrs. Slocum. Oh, Mrs. Slocum. Um... So uh, Lu- Mr. Lucas gives us a little bit of Cockney rhyming slang, telling us that it's a bit taters in here this morning. I had to look it up. Yeah, I didn't get it either. I mean, I, obviously taters is potatoes, but um, potatoes in the mold being cold, I would have never. Yeah, so I had to look that. this one up because I've, I've learned that like Mr. Lucas's uh, uh, character will throw around Cockney rhyming slang. Much more so than uh, Miss Brahms because she's from East London. She's from Docklands. Yeah. And th- that's where you'd think that that would mostly be from. But he's, he's a little posh. He's from Highgate. Ooh, so yeah. why, is he t- you know, why is he talking in Cockney? So, so to, to, to underline that, so he yeah. says, ooh, it's, it's really taters in here, which makes me think of potatoes because taters is the country way of saying potato, potatoes, right? So – I looked it up and like I said, I looked up Tater's Cockney rhyming slang and I would have never got this because I knew it had something to do with potatoes, but why would potatoes mean the word cold? And it's the phrase is potatoes in the mold, like moldy food. But I mean, a Cockney rhyming slang was kind of purposely confusing to evade police officers. So try yeah. not to think too much about it, but that's what that means. So there we go. Well, right after that, the um, one of the cleaners—I don't know, uh, you know, which one it was—if it's if it's Edith or Ivy or Daisy or whatever—but mm, yeah. um, uh, Rumbles or Peacock says that this meeting is for departmental staff only, not cleaners, and she insults him by saying "buckets." No idea what that means. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I, know. I, I, I thought the the only thing that I could think of, which is completely wrong, is. Uh, in Australian, when you say tickets, like you've got tickets on yourself, that means you're conceited. So it's that kind of interjection insult, but I have no idea what that, what that meant. Yeah, uh, it's anyway. weird. I, I, don't, I don't understand that either. So if anyone knows, let us know. Yeah. Anyway, so Rumble, now that everyone's here, Rumble's going on and on about why they've had to turn off the heat. The fuel resources of the world are in jeopardy. And we get Mr. Lucas with a little bit of an aside. Oh, that's about 10 miles north of Mecca. I used to go dancing there. <laughs> I know, so it's so Humphreys. cute. I can totally picture that's him like great. wearing a LeMay outfit or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he's going on and on about uh, all of the world's um, su- supplies. He talks about Coke, uh, which is not Coca-Cola. It's the word for solid petroleum. And he says, man can never get enough, to which Mr. Humphreys and Mr. Locust spoke go, true, true in unison, which is <laughs> so great. So cute. And then I love how Mrs. Slocum, uh, Mr. Um, Rumbold says, in the span of 70 years, um, it took millions and millions of years for these natural resources to be made in the earth. And in the course of 70 years, men has, have ravaged them. And then Mrs. Slocum says, 
typical of men. <laughs> I love it. It's uh, great. Yeah. Um, so Rumble's saying the rules that um, electric heaters are forbidden on the floor and the staff can't keep their coats on. They have to be in uniform. So they're all grumbling about how they're going to keep warm for their shift today. Um, so Peacock is starting to take off his overcoat and he reveals that he's wearing something under his vest, under his waistcoat. It kind of looked like a mixture, a, a cross between a cummerbund and a hot water bottle. Yeah. I couldn't quite see what it was in the episode. Did you catch that? Um, I thought it was like insulated long johns or something, but that did something about, I don't know so much about That's today. That's what Mr. Granger would wear. I feel like that would be way too lower class for a peacock uh, to wear long true. johns. But, you know, I was, I was going to say um, a couple of things. So when I was a kid watching the show, um, in a couple episodes, Mrs. Um, Mrs. Slocum has a hot water bottle when she goes into her bed in the apartment episode. So, yep. like, water bottles seem to be a thing. And when I stayed in the UK for a little bit, it was a thing. Like, this, I don't know what it is, but, like, when you're over there, it is a cold country. I mean, it is on the Atlantic Ocean way up north. So it gets pretty cold. And, um, you know, the idea of... A lot of the homes are really old, so you don't heat the entire house like you do if it's newer. So you kind of have, like, very local sources of heat. So maybe that's kind of what's going on. It's just, for me, as, like, a dude in the south and the states, like, it just didn't make sense. What's a water bottle? Why do you do it, you know? Well, here's the thing that I don't understand about the British climate. You know, um, it's – the country is – much more further north than New York is, right? Yeah. If you think about, like, where New York is in terms of latitude, New York is about parallel with Rome, which is Mediterranean in terms of its climate, right? It's it's typically, you think of it being much hotter, especially in summer. Obviously, London is much more far north than Rome, but London, it, it doesn't get cold enough to snow. Like, if it snows there, that's a big occurrence, it's cool and chilly year round, you know, like their autumn and their winter are longer, yeah. but it's never like freezing cold there as consistently and as frequently as it is here in New York. No, you're right. I mean, um, so that took me a long time to understand as a kid growing up. It made me think that like the UK is this like frosty place. <laughs> well, they call it old blighty for a reason. I mean, it's, it's, yep. you know, um, when I lived in San Francisco, it was even in the summertime, it was always damp, but also very chilly because of the microclimates there. So, yep. you know, it's hard to explain like unless you've lived in it, but, um, you know, it's something about the water being, it's, it is an Island. It's a big out. It's a big Island, but, um, yeah, it's just a cold kind of place. They call it old blighty. Um, you know, at one point I think it's, um, Mr. Lucas says it's parky, it's parky, uh, which is another kind of a Northern word for cold. So there's lots of kind of like in, um, there's just lots of ways to describe how cold the weather is. And that's kind of a very British thing to like, uh, it's, it's being pouring into it, you know, like that's what you say to people, right? Oh, like, like the Inuit, like that old trope that the Inuit have 32 that words for snow. snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, it's a cold place, uh, Grace Brothers, in this episode. So, yeah. uh, of course, so, we have lots of ways that we can combat the cold, which makes yeah. a lot of funny situations. So we see that uh, Mr. Rumbold has an electric heater in his office uh, and he spends a lot of time fiddling with it, trying to get it to work. 
Um, he's trying to. Um, it looks like the plug had been taken apart. Well, I can and jump so in. He, I can jump in on that too because when I was a kid, yeah. I didn't understand that. So why would he have to put a plug on the the cable, the wire, to plug it into the outlet? And then at one point, Mister Lucas says, "Oh, I'm just going to go to hardware to go get a plug for my iron." Or oh, something. he does. Yeah. So back then, um, like in the 60s, 70s, I think it kind of stopped in the 80s. If you're British, let us know if I'm wrong. Um, but you would buy electrical appliances without plugs attached. And you would buy plugs separately, and then you would attach them yourselves. So that's why you see... Get out of here. Yeah. And why? I mean, the elect- we haven't talked about this on the podcast, but electricity over there is literally twice as powerful as it is right. in the States. So if you stick a butter knife in the socket don't do it but if you hold on to the butter knife you probably won't die it'll hurt but if you did that in the uk it will kill you because it's 240 240 volts. cycles yeah so right. it's like it's like if you have an electric dryer that great big old honk and plug um that has a special outlet um that's super duper high powered stuff oh that explains why the plug shape is so big yeah right because i mean i it's anytime you you get like whenever I'm over there and I'm either plugging in the kettle in my hotel room or I have an adapter for one of my devices, mm-hmm. the plug, the shape of the plug itself is so big, especially compared to Europe where you just get an adapter and it's the same size yeah. or their plug, it's very similar. And I know that their cycles are different, but that makes a lot of sense now about the um, – the plugs being separate. The, 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 the I mean, it's, yeah. it's weird like buying buying a, a toaster and just having like wires at the end of the wire that you don't actually can't plug in. So I, I imagine because the electricity in Britain is like literally twice as strong, um, maybe that was why. And it's weird too because if you think about the world, what if electricity was twice as powerful? How would how would homes be different? Um, you, it's illegal to have an electrical outlet in a bathroom in Britain. Because there's water in the bathroom. Yep. And you also can't have a light switch because that's 200 – that's like a dryer, an electric dryer, uh, clothes dryer circuit right there next to your sink. So yeah. um, the only way you can have a light go on in Britain in the bathroom is uh, a pull chain from the ceiling. Just little things like that. So anyway, long story no. short, that's probably why he was having to do the wire thing. But I think nowadays they, they come with wires. So, yeah, and that's and drive. that's and I guess that's also why all of the outlets have on-off switches on them. Yeah, so, so you can turn them off directly there. But yeah. this is okay. also why it takes like twenty seconds to boil a pot of water for an electric kettle, whereas in the states it takes like eh, three minutes, maybe two minutes. Yeah. But so that's there's true. it's all about the tea. The all, tea. all tea, all shade. <laughs> um, <laughs> so sidebar, how are you doing on your tea supply? I'm very low. Um, I'm very. I'm down to my uh, Earl Grey twinnings, and I'm out of my PG tips. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm. I'm doing okay on most of my British supplies um, since I haven't been able to travel over there oh, right, at yeah. all in the past couple of months. Yeah, but we missed anyway. you guys in the UK. Maybe I should make it a, a special thing. Whenever I watch an episode, I have a cup of tea. I don't. That's a good idea. I should. That's I a really know. good idea. Anyway. Um, so, Mr. Mash scares Mr. Rumble as he's fiddling with the uh, wires with the, with the um, electric fire, yeah. And he's uh, he's selling uh, contraband bottles of scotch to everyone to keep them warm, <laughs> uh, and he extorts Mr. Rumble into buying it. 
because he doesn't want the rest of the staff to know that he's got an electric fire in his office. I know it's so weird. They call it electric fire instead of a heater, but it, it's kind of the same thing. But it's as yeah. a kid, I was like, what does that mean, electric fire? I don't know what that means. So, um, um, Mr. Over on the men's counter, Mr. Humphreys is selling an, a pair of imitation rabbit gloves. And um, Mr. Lucas tells a joke that I certainly did not get as a child. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, that we don't dare put two pairs in the same drawer together. Which is um, so cute and, and stupid. It is cute. <laughs> it is cute. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I, I, I always understood the joke about the rabbit dying in like sitcoms and things like that, referring to um, a pregnancy test. The rabbit dying? Yeah, so that used to be a euphemism for when someone was pregnant. No. Because well, they, they couldn't say pregnant on TV for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and so one of the things that they used to say was the rabbit died. Because, and that meant that your pregnancy test was positive. Because they, what they used to do is they used to inject pregnant women's uh, urine into a rabbit to see how it reacted. There no, was something they to didn't. Do with, there's something to do with the chemical reaction of, so every pregnancy test that. was to like injecting pregnant lady pee. It wasn't. It wasn't every, but it was a common method of it. And because they had to kill the rabbit in order to do the test, the rabbit died became a euphemism. Oh. And for some reason, I thought it had something to do with that, but it's just about the fact that they. I had no idea. Rabbits, or they procreate, you know, very quickly, and <laughs> um, they multiply rapidly. Even imitation bunny rabbit um, gloves, which is right. so cute. Um, they look yeah. terrible too. They look so uncomfortable. I think they probably no, just they made totally it. They totally do. Yeah, it was like it was a silly prop. But yeah, um, what else was happening? Um, so Lucas found an electric blanket, and I had one exactly like that. It was pink. Maybe that had more impact on my future than I realized. <laughs> um, and uh, Humphreys, he had. Uh, it was really sweet. There's this really cute little scene where he goes to Mr. Granger, and Mr. Granger has a thermal pad, which I imagine is basically like. Again, like it's all about having local sources of heat on your body in Britain in the 70s. Um, it's probably just like a really heat-retaining piece of cloth that you put around your back when you're cold. I don't know what a thermal pad is really, but it's sweet because Mr. Hum- Mr. Humphreys offers to help Mr. Granger warm it up again, which you probably had to do throughout the day. So um, he has to reach up. So Mr. Humphreys is standing behind Mr. Granger, and Mr. Granger is an old guy. And Mr. Humphreys kind of goes up underneath his his jacket, his his blazer, and then Mr. Granger kind of startles, oh. <laughs> and then Mr. Humphreys says, oh, hush now, it's only me, which is so <laughs> cute. He's like, it's, it's, it sounds something like a mom would say to a little kid, you know, like, it was very caring, but also kind of cheeky. And, uh, yeah, and I, I so think that's a I, sweet little scene. Yeah, and we get, you know, in past episodes, we've seen Mr. Granger be very wary of, you know, the homosexual on the yeah, floor yeah. and make certain things. But, you know, when he realizes like, oh, he's not doing it to, you know, get his rocks off. He's just <laughs> trying to get the damn water bottle out from underneath my uh, waist. You know, he gives, a you know, a, an accepting smile. Yeah, so. and kind of going back real quickly about to like what, what does age mean and stuff. I notice um, a lot of people are very quick to help Mr. Granger and yes. young Mr. Grace, who are seen as old in the show, I think Mr. Granger. How old would he be? Like the 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 character, he would be six, well, well, sixty five, right? Sixty five. Because last had episode, his birthday last week. Sixty five yeah. is nothing. And like, no, a sixty five today, a sixty five year old today wouldn't think, oh, I need help. 
I can't do this by myself. I hope someone offers, you know. But anyway, right. times were different back then. But yeah. crazy. Speaking of time, I think it's time we head down to the canteen for a tea break. I would love some tea. I think I need it. I'm feeling a little li- lipus and a bit blah. So I think some caffeine would do me good. What are you going to get? I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at that toad in the hole, but I'm afraid that's going to be all hole and no toad. Ooh, or all toad and no hole. Uh, either way, no good. I will say this. I actually had toad in the hole last week for the first time, and it was fantastic. I think I might try that too. So um, why don't we um, say toodaloo for a bit. We'll come right back in a few moments, and we'll be back in a sec. Hello, Unanimous. This is Mr. Brandon. And this is Mr. Jeff. Did you wake up this morning and think, how could I support my favorite podcast while also letting the world know that I'm a proud member of the Unanimous? Does your morning coffee vessel leave you feeling neither one way nor the other? Perhaps your smartphone cover fails to confirm your charm, personality, vitality, and youth. Worry no more. Visit our That Does Suit Madam online bargain basement shop. They've just come in. You could buy your very own That Does Suit Madam official tote bag. A handbag? Or an official podcast sofa pillow. Perfect for hiding your Paddington bear. We sell a fashionable face mask and a celebrated coffee cup. And of course, t-shirts. But don't worry, you'll find the sleeves right up with wear. Support your favorite podcast with some That Does Suit Madam merch. All at imfree.threadless.com imfree.threadless.com And you've all done very well. How was your toe in the hole? Um, you know, it was it was freezing. Honestly, it's so cold in that damn canteen. Um, How cold to- is it? <laughs> it was so cold that the toads and toads in the hole actually had little earmuffs, and I thought about getting onion soup, but it had turned into a little tiny ice skating rink. So I decided just to have a shriveled bit of lettuce with a sardine on it instead. <laughs> You know, that canteen manageress was so frigid today, I couldn't even tell the difference from other, other times. So it felt just like home. <laughs> Some things never change, and that's, that's a good thing these days. Yeah. But anyway, we're back from our little tea break. So thanks for that, folks. You know, we should have gotten some hot chocolate while we were down at the canteen. just like. But Mr. then we'd Ma- have to bribe Mr. Mr. But then Hunt, we'd have Mr. to pay 10, 10p for it. That's highway robbery. Not when we make 15 pounds a week. Yeah. Anyhow, so where were we in the episode? So we're... Everyone's settling into their day, and this is where we get all of the sight gags with the props about everyone trying to keep warm. We <laughs> talked about uh, Lucas finding, finding an electric blanket, mm-hmm. Mr. Humphreys and Mr. Granger trading their thermal pad, and um, the hot water bottle. Um, so Mr. Humphreys is starting to iron uh, the thermal pad, uh, but Mr. Captain Peacock comes over, so he has to hide it underneath a hat on top of the counter, right? Um, and so we see Miss Brahms has got earmuffs over her chest. Mrs. Slocum is wearing lawn johns underneath her skirt, but they're so droopy. They're like around her ankles. <laughs> um, and we see that Mr. Humphreys is standing over two hair dryers, blowing up his trouser legs. Oh, yes. And he has a very physical reaction to it, almost when like you're scratching a dog and it starts to shake his legs. But it's definitely a sexual thing. So as he turns on the little hair dryer, um, he first has this look of, oh, it feels almost like a hot, like you're going to get inside a hot tub. It's like, yeah. oh, it's so nice. But then he kind of changes to like this kind of erotic kind of 
oh kind of thing. Like he wasn't you expecting You shall it. go to the ball. You shall go to the ball. Like he says that. What does that mean? We, uh, as the, with the intonation, I think it, he, I don't he's know. Cinderella. That's what it's from. He's Cinderella. You know, he's feeling pretty and witty and gay, I guess, to mix our, uh, our, our references. Um, <laughs> you shall. We should have yeah. named the podcast. You shall go to the ball. But maybe <laughs> people, that's uh, next. Yeah, ne- next one. That that'll <laughs> be for. Are you being served again? Or grace and yes. favor, depending on what side of the pond you're from. Exactly. Uh, anyway, Miss Brom spent her entire tea break waiting online in the wines and spirits department to buy Mrs. Slocum a bottle of wild duck brandy. Mm. And because they didn't have the little pint nips. Um, she had to get her a full um, liter bottle. And so Mrs. Slocum decants some of the brandy into a spray perfume bottle, the kind with the yeah. squeezy bulb on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, she takes a couple of hits and goes, oh, by Jove, I needed that. You, know, you see it start to warm over her and you know, give herself a reviver. Because it's a 70s show, people act like they physically need alcohol to get through the day. So there you go. Oh, Mike, just take a seek and all. Just take a, just take a, 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 a what is it called? Tranquilizer. Sedative. Just take a tranquilizer, Mike. <laughs> just have some brandy if you're having a good day at work. Oh, um, the 70s. I was, I was watching um, a season one episode of The Golden Girls where uh, they do that bit where um, Blanche is leaning forward over a mirror and realizing how just saggy her face looks leaning that <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. And Dorothy warns her before she goes to try it out because she doesn't believe her. You'd better take a sedative first. So, jeez. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, uh, so Mr. Lucas is standing on his electric blanket. He's got oven mitts in the toaster. He puts his shoes in a drawer and then he puts the warmed oven mitts on his feet. Um, and then he can't find his shoes when a customer comes calling. So he ends up like walking over to the customer. Captain Peacock is enraged, but he ends up selling to the customer as continental novelty foot warmers. And so, uh, you know, he gets a little pat on the back from, from Peacock there. For I have to jump in to say, like, yeah. I love at the end when the guy sells him not one, but two pairs of two foot pairs. warmers, which are actually um, <laughs> stupid um, oven mitts that this, this customer is so stupid that he buys it hook, line, and sinker. Uh, from Mr. Hump- from Mr. Uh, uh, Lucas, that oh, it's this newest continental hand warmer foot things. Um, that he said, oh, sounds wonderful. If it's if it helps the economy, I'll have two pairs. If it helps the economy, yeah, right. I love and that. it's just like if you've ever worked with the public, especially in sales or restaurants or something, people are really stupid. And <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 it sounds stupid, like it's a crazy thing that someone would be that stupid to like, oh, sure, I'll put oven mitts on my feet. But there are people like that. and Make do and mend, right? Oh, boy. Anyway, so uh, Peacock is hanging around the ladies' counter, nosy as he is, and he starts rearranging all the perfumes. So uh, we see that Mrs. Br- Mrs. Slocum's brandy has been moved to a different shelf where she doesn't expect it. Oh, no, I um, hope someone doesn't accidentally drink it. I know, foreshadowing. <laughs> um, we head back over to the gentleman's counter, and we see the iron has burned a hole right through the counter. Whoops. Um, and so Mr. Pe- uh, Captain Peacock is enraged because he realizes that people are using all of this contraband to keep warm. So he busts into Rumbold's office, and Rumbold is warming his, his, um, himself by the fire. 
he ends up slamming the drawer shut when people come in without switching off the heater. Right. So like and the so heater is on. The heater is on and, in the drawer, and yeah. so Peacock is uh, displaying every single one of the confiscated items. And we see everyone starting to tell their dog ate my homework story. And they've got their tie loosened, their like, so loosened their because, collar. Yeah, because at one point someone's like, it's a bit hot. No, um, Mr. Lucas does one of my favorite phrases, like we talked on the first episode of the podcast. It's not half, it's not half hot in here, is it? Right. You Remember that, that whole thing? That half as an adverb. Half, uh, yeah, which is anyway. real, you know, it's meant to be, it's meant to be a diminutive, but it's actually an, an intensifier. Those right? are big words for us. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I think that that's also a very British thing to do is to um, to speak. I'm going to use another one to speak in litotes or uh, in, I guess, a more common way of saying it uh, under under exaggerating. Right. Um, I think litotes was a shoe company in the 80s. Right. <laughs> or is that something else? Uh, possibly. Uh, possibly. Uh, wow. Anyway, um, but I love that they're like they're in this. It's supposed to be freezing cold, and they're in this tiny little office, and it's so warm in this office that they have to like loosen their tie. Yeah. And you see Mr. Granger like blotting his face because he's sweaty, and everyone's really hot because <laughs> he has a hidden electric uh, electric fire, electric heater in his office. So. Yeah. What's good so, for the goose? All of a sudden, um, we see the fire coming out of the drawers. Um, of Mr. Rumbold's drawers. Lucas sees the fire, goes to grab the fire extinguisher and sprays it all over Mr. Rumbold, not hitting the <laughs> desk once. <laughs> yeah, it must have been a really funny scene to, to film too. And also like they had to clean that set. Like there's like fo- white foam everywhere. So, so, so this is a, you know, Mr. Lucas wouldn't have known that it was an electrical fire. So he grabbed the nearest fire extinguisher, which... Uh, set out foam, which I think may also work on a wood um, on a wood fire. But where I'm more curious about is um, we know that they use some really kind of scrap. The props department used kind of some kind of scrap fabric for the imitation rabbit gloves and for the oven mitts. What do you think they made the fire extinguisher foam out of? I think that was a real fire extinguisher. I mean, I, maybe. Um, there are two types. One's like explosive, like very forceful. And then there's another one that's more like foam that kind of oozes out, almost like right. insulation. I don't know. That's a good question. I never thought about that. Like with – do you think they could have used like shaving foam? It seemed um, – it seemed it didn't seem the right consistency to be shaving foam. It seemed gloopier. Well, 50 years ago and another country, who knows? Maybe that That's was... That's true. She maybe shaving foam was gloopy back then. But it's cute when there. you see, like, the last bit of the episode, you see Mr. Um, Rumbold turn around, and he, like, cleaned himself up on the front, but the back is still covered with foam. Yeah. Um, it's a cute show. It's it, The episode is um, a lot of cute gags, a lot of little scenes where the characters can shine. Um, and as a kid, like I never understood why would it get so bad they have to turn off the heat. Like in Arkansas, when I was a kid, uh, you were never cold, you never hot because you were yep. always in air conditioning or heating. And the idea that that doesn't always work was so foreign to me, literally. Um, you know, but like I think we talked to maybe the first or second episode of the podcast um, where electrical power wasn't always a guaranteed Reliable. thing all the yeah. time. Yeah, so. 
you know, um, I mean, I don't, I, I know that's not the case anymore, maybe like in the super hinterlands, but um, yeah. The hinterlands. So, the hinterlands. Yeah, this was a great episode for Lucas to show off his physical comedy. You know, I think that yeah. um, with this show, the, the bulk of its comedy does come from the double entendre, from the dialogue, right? That's what yeah. really gets the slapstick laughter and the reaction from the audience is whenever Mrs. Slocum talks about her pussy or <laughs> Mr. Humphrey says something camp or whatever. Right. But every once in a while we do get, um, physical comedy. And I think it's Lucas and Slocum who really excel. Oh, totally. at it. Absolutely. And I'll also say, I observed this time, um, you know, we talked about, um, Harold Bennett, who I always forget his name, who played young Mr. Grace. Um, I looked him up today. He died in 1981, and he was born in 1898. So in 1974, he was only 76 years old, right. which is insane to us, because to me anyway, because he looks like he's 90. He looks like he's 90-something um, or 100, yeah, the way that he's I wonder if he was playing older than he really was, like I think Granger probably was too. But well, not, well, not like young Mr. Grace. I mean, that makeup job that they do on young Mr. Grace in the later seasons. I'm sorry, old Mr. Grace. Oh, old Mr. Grace, the older brother of young Mr. Grace. Yeah. It was the, terrible. Let's just say that the prosthetics in the makeup department were probably made by Grace Brothers. <laughs> or like cotton balls and job. foundation. Yeah. But I did notice in the second, like in the first series, the first season, we in America we say season, British say series, um, when he would come and do his little, you've all done very well, and then fall into Godard and he'd walk away. No one would clap. And I, I remember saying, that's crazy. They don't clap. And you said, well, it's the first year. The yeah, second year, the maybe they've... Yeah, and I've noticed the... F- I, don't, I don't remember on... They, um, they, did, they did it this episode, yeah. He, he definitely episode, got an applause break. They, they clapped like crazy for the guy. So I love yeah. that. Yeah. Good old Harold Bennett. So Captain Peacock congratulates Lucas for putting out the fire. Mr. Rumble decides to close the department for the rest of the day due to the extreme cold. But <laughs> at that moment, that. young Mr. Grace comes in mm. and he's turned the heating on again. Uh, it turns out that he owns the Wharfside Coke Company. And so he sacked the men on strike, chopped up the warehouse for the wood. And, and Grace put that stu- in the boiler. <laughs> and put that in the boiler. And now everything is hot and heavy again. Oh, um, so they're all back to work. And Mrs. Slocum confesses that... Um, she also had contraband that didn't get confiscated, um, that she's been having a nip of brandy. And no, so that was she, a very sexually charged scene between Captain Peacock and Miss Slocum. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think it had a little bit of a, a, a little Ooh. bit of a salacious undertone there. Yeah. And so she grabs the bottle she thinks has the brandy in it, but it turns out it's got the perfume, sprays it in his mouth and he chokes on it. And then we get <laughs> our closing credits. Yay. Yeah. So that was a good one. So that was a good one. Yeah, that that definitely was a good one. I I think I would recommend I think I would call put this in the top 10. And I wow. think that if I were recommending this show to somebody, I think this would be one of the first ones I I say that people should watch because you you get a good understanding of who all the characters are and yeah. without even understanding the characters, you could anyone could always laugh at physical comedy. Yeah, it's very physical. Um I do like the fact that it's it's a very of the times episode. You know, um OPEC and all of that, like that was yep. the thing. Like, oh, like COVID nineteen is the thing right now. So all creative media, um, this podcast accepted, um, is talking about <laughs> that. In yeah, and like the storylines and like the sitcoms and stuff. I'm sure. Um, and there's another episode where um, I think it's called the Royal Visit, perhaps, where Prince Charles and the Queen and 
they they almost go into the shot into the store. Oh, Grace Brothers. And, they're, and they're at the roof. They're they're, they're at the roof, the roof. and that yeah. that also felt like a very it was timely, very timely. It was commentary. Yeah, you, yeah, you picture like a young Prince Charles with like dark hair and single before he meets Diana because. The ladies are like, oh, maybe he'll find you attractive, Miss Brahms, and you'll be going to Buckingham Palace, you know, right. before Princess Diana gets into the Diana, Diana uh, gets on the scene. But yeah. yeah, like OPEC and all that stuff, very uh, 70s, which is always kind of cool, too. So yeah. cool episode. And so, next week, the, uh, the next episode is the Think Tank. Yeah, and that's the one with the fashion show. See, I don't remember the fashion show, so it's going to be fun to rewatch that with my lovely cup of tea and then uh, come back to do yeah. another show for everybody. So um, anyway, that was uh, that's the show. So thanks for tuning in again onto the podcast waves here. Um, we'd love to keep hearing from you. There's lots of ways to do it. You can get in touch with us at Facebook, which is uh, that does suit Madam Twitter does suit Madam uh, uh, hash. No, not the hashtag uh, at at. <laughs> at does, at suit, does madam. suit madam i'm old um we have an email if you're old school like that that does suit madam with an e at gmail.com we love emails um thanks for sending those too and last but not least we have the peacock hotline uh 662 peacock 662-732-2625 so if you're in the states and uh you want to leave us a message we'd love to hear from you we have people clocking around the clock to answer your phone calls. Just sitting there. Wait, looking at their, their, their 1970s era phone we bought them. Very bored. Very bored. Entertain them. So give us a call. So that's it. So we will uh, wish you all a safe uh, week. I hope everyone's um, washing their hands and everything and um, being safe. So go and watch Are Being Served and tune in next time. We'd love to hear from you. And we look forward to speaking to you folks again. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. That Does Suit Madam is not endorsed by the BBC, and it is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Are You Being Served is a copyrighted program of the BBC. Please remain seated until the podcast has come to a complete stop.